What can you do to help people want to return to the office? Our guest, entrepreneur and speaker Melissa St. John says, If you raise employee engagement, ultimately productivity and profits will raise as well. Find out more. Join us for episode 277 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Welcome, everyone. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. Along with me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, everybody. It's great to join you again. And as always, our purpose here is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas that can help visionary leaders accelerate themselves and bring their companies along to the next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. Now, you know, Pam, there's a clear global trend mandating that people return to the office after the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Some CEOs, maybe some of you listening, believe that it will increase productivity and profitability. But many people who are the employees are unhappy about this mandate. Yeah. They believe it'll negatively affect their productivity. And they've adjusted to the lack of the commute and so much more that impacts quality of life. But they still meet deadlines. Yes. Now, there's truth to both sides of this opinion. In order to reconcile these different viewpoints, it's going to require reimagining the workplace. What does it take to stay productive and profitable and create a positive environment where people want to be there? It's not an easy question to answer. Well, that's why we're glad to be speaking today with Melissa St. John, whose passion is both employee happiness and workplace design. She's a motivational speaker and CEO and owner of Relocation Strategies. Melissa has over 30 years expertise in interior design and move management in commercial real estate. She was named a woman of influence by the Indianapolis Business Journal. She's a high-energy motivator who is a super connector. I can speak from experience there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, you may love to surf the web, she says, but Melissa would rather be wake surfing behind a boat. Hmm, okay. Well, happiness it is. You can read much more about Melissa's background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 277, and scrolling down to resources. Melissa, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you so much. We are so glad you could join us and having listened to you speak. I mean, we've been through the same speaker development. I love listening to your talks. You have a spirit of enthusiasm about you. It just radiates. And I'm fascinated by the fact that you talk about reimagining the workplace. How did you get into reimagining workplaces? My background, I have a degree in interior design from Purdue University. And I've, like you said in my bio, been doing interior design for 30 years. We rebranded the name of my company to Workplace Reimagined during COVID. Because quite frankly, COVID changed everything on how people work. 
how they show up at the office, how they become productive. And we, I just saw such a need and so many offices were half empty, 75% empty. And CEOs were saying, you know, do I need all this space? And how do we determine what space we need and how to use it? And should we get rid of floors? And we just had a law firm downtown Indianapolis go from five floors to two floors. Well, that's evidence that more than 50% of the people are not going in. So why do you need all that real estate? Wow. And yet now the trend is turning around. Are they even going to be ready for people to come back to the office? Yeah, it's interesting that I I read that Zoom is requiring people to come in three days a week. <laughs> yeah. It's yes. kind of funny. Exactly. I was going to say the same thing. You know, here you have the the premier remote enabler saying, "Come on back." Yeah. So there there's really something to be said with interaction and in person. Sure. Mentoring and culture and and all those things, but really getting into the nuts and bolts of how do you make it work. It's very intriguing to me because every company is different. Every employee is different. The demographics and the fabric of every company is different. The ages, the ethnicities, everything. So I feel like every project we work on, it's it's different. And so I'm able to give generalities today, absolutely. But I I can give specific examples about one company that had 90% women things that they said was very different than a company that was 50-50 men and women. So foreshadowing. Given that there are some real advantages to being co-located, why do you think there's so much pushback on returning to the central workplace? Pam alluded to it. What are your perspectives? So there's many reasons. Number one, people are saving a lot of money by not spending it on gas. Women alone, I mean, this is... The male CEOs, if you didn't know this, um, women alone are spending $6,000 a year on hair, nails, makeup. And so if some people aren't even doing that anymore, working home remotely. So you're thinking about all these costs. So number one, they're saving money. But number two, I want you to think about how you studied in college. So either A, my roommate would have the door open, the TV on, the radio on, noisy, noisy. Or me, I would have to go to a study carol heads down, and she and I would get the same grade on the test. So people are productive very differently. So you may have someone that worked from home, and it was quiet all the time, and they could get so much done. And the number one thing that is the complaint in the office right now is noise. I'm going into the office, and it's so noisy. People are on overstimulation. And again, they might be excited. People are chatting. But with the whole change of the open office and all the cubicle heights coming down, it is so noisy now. And and you know why it's noisy? Big, 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 ding, ding, ding. It's everyone's on Teams calls and Zoom calls. They're desks. So I have to hear three other people's Zoom calls and I can't even concentrate. So what people don't have enough of is they don't have enough phone booths or little small conference rooms. And so if you have a big open office of 60 cubes and you got 10, 15 people on Teams calls, everybody's like having a noise mental breakdown. That is a challenge. And yet there is, as you said, a reason to have people co-located. So as the CEO of your company, your company, you have employees. Yes. 
What do you think is the most effective way to design a workplace that people actually want to work in? That's not a trick question. (laughs) Well, so we surveyed ourselves. We have a patent pending survey. And my number one advice is ASK. You have to ask, what do you need to be productive? Because just how I started in saying how everyone has different companies and demographics and ages. And again, the college dorm room, people study different, people are, you know, productive different. So ask. So in the survey, I'll give you an example. We did this with my office. We do this with clients, but we sent out a survey to Delta Fawcett, 400 people in their corporate headquarters here in Indianapolis, 52% said they were only able to come in two days a week, only wanted to come in two days a week. That's how they would be productive, not really just giving them choices, But if you're productive because two days a week, you're home and your head's down, I will tell you right now, I haven't come in five days a week since COVID. And do you know why? Because for me, I'm productive two days a week, heads down, quiet. I already told you how I studied in the dorm room. And I get to do all my heads down stuff those two days a week. And then the three days a week that I come in, we're having our staff meeting, my project manager meeting, my accounting meeting. We're having all of our meetings. So I have to have meeting spaces. But literally on the days that I'm working from home, my office may be completely empty and people may be working from home, but I give them flexibility to choose how they are productive. And then I have the the key performance indicators, which I have clients that don't even do this. I said, well, you know, if, if Sally's working from home and she's closing 10 loans a week before COVID, why can't Sally work from home and close 10 loans a week from home? She's doing key performance indicators. I think what you're getting at is that we really need to look more carefully and not make a generic statement about what it takes to be productive and happy at work. It's not It's not for everyone. It isn't. And we're going to continue. Yes. But first, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper with Melissa St. John, motivational speaker and CEO and owner of Relocation Strategies, about reimagining a workplace so people actually want to work there. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, and we're on the web at businessadvance.com. As always here at BAI, we focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate the momentum it takes to achieve game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. It's so exciting to be well into our ninth year of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. And this year, we're receiving more top podcast awards. In fact, this year, the 2023 PopCon Award for Best Business, Marketing, and Tech Podcast went to Growth Igniters Radio. Listeners tell us they enjoy our conversations with visionary CEOs and thought leaders like Melissa St. John, who are changing the face of business. They also really enjoy our Pam and Scott quick takes. So if you're enjoying listening to us, spread the good word and be a recommender. Just open Growth Igniters Radio on whatever podcast app you use, write a review, and feel free to share links to your favorite episodes, maybe this one, in your social media feeds. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper. That's me. And Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Melissa St. John, 
motivational speaker and CEO and owner of Relocation Strategies about how you can help people want to return to the office. Melissa, tell us how people can find out more about you, your speaking, and your company. So I'm on LinkedIn under Melissa St. John, and I do a lot of posting, a lot of information that I want to share with people. And then the website is relocationstrategies.com. Great. And you can find more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 277, and scrolling down to resources. So, Melissa, we started, we actually left off at the end of the first segment talking about a CEO who was actually creating a place, an office environment that people wanted to work in, could be productive. Tell us a little more about what it takes, because what I left off with is you can't just do a one-size-fits-all, and you have to ask. So, let's talk more about what happened. Once you survey and you ask what people want. And again, whether you do it yourself, whether you have us help with a survey, we take those results. And again, it's what you do with the results. For instance, people are hybrid. You really have to understand what are they doing when they come in the office? Because there are some people that never want to work in an office. Maybe they just can't concentrate. Maybe it's too noisy, whatever. Maybe they're only coming in for meetings. So you have to discern, do you have enough meeting rooms? Do you have enough places to go for a private phone call if it's all open office? You have to give people dignity to be able to work the way they can work to be productive. Then let's talk about how do they want to socialize? So the big buzzword right now is social hub. Everybody has a social Social hub. hub. It's not called a break room. It's not a stinky break room with popcorn burning. It is a social hub. And so for instance, there's a building in Indianapolis that has a whole floor and it's a social hub and and it's our tallest building downtown. And basically they have a coffee barista, they have fresh fruit. And this place is like the buzzing happening place. Maybe I only want to go in and have coffee or fresh fruit in the social hub with Pam. And we talk about our meeting or whatnot, because it's a more casual, soft seating and, and people like that because, you know, the word I'm going to say to you is the office is turning more resumercial. It's not residential. It's not commercial. It's resumercial. So we're pulling in all this soft seating and plants and homey and people can crisscross applesauce and sit on a beanbag if they want because everyone wants to feel good. Yeah. yeah. Well, how does this also get reconciled with, say, a company's official values? The thing that's on the wall, you know, our vision and all that, do you see the design translate? Oh, absolutely. And so interior design, if it is done properly, it can raise your employee engagement by 30%. It makes people feel better. It makes them happier. So for instance, I just sent a survey to my people like literally yesterday. And I said, please give five words that describes our office. And the common word that went through and three people answered the same word first was fun. Well, that's one of my core values. I want to have fun at work. I want to have fun with my clients. And so I have to create a fun atmosphere. So that's what I've done. And so I was really happy to get those results back. 
Melissa, here's a question for you. The open office and the flexible office and so on, that works really well for knowledge workers, you know, people who are creating or selling or whatever, they can do this independently. What about people who have to be physically located where something is? For instance, I came from a science background. Laboratory workers had to be in the lab. Manufacturing people had to be in the plant. Does this idea of flexible workspace translate to them or are they left behind? Well, like for instance, a manufacturing facility, you have to be working on a line you can still provide them a social area. I went into a local manufacturer and I walked through and they said, what do you think we could do to make this better? And I said, well, the first thing I see is I see all these people sitting on the floor in the hall. I'm like, do you know why they're doing that? Do you know why they were doing that? What they needed is they needed more outlets to charge their phones. So people were sitting on the floor to find outlets. I said, why don't we put a counter all the way across this window and put like 25 outlets where people can sit on a stool and have dignity sitting on a stool (laughs) to charge their phone. And so it's just seeing these little things that what do people need to be happy? And it's just their 20 minute break, let them charge, let them do their phone and just little things, you know, what can you do to help them enjoy? So if you're fixed in a spot, I get it, but you are going to have breaks you're going to have some social lunchtime. You're, you know, so it, the whole thing is holistic. It has to all connect. Now, aside from a physical space, what else is essential uh, as you're reimagining it that can enable people to be more engaged and, and happy to be there? It's not just the physical stuff. Let me tell you again when you ASK. So what I did in my space is I have a feature wall, and I literally gave all my employees a vote. And so I came up with five options. And so again, that gets them excited because they're like, I picked that or I had a part in that. So things that are not physical, I'm really big on culture. I'm big on rewards. We have an app on our phone and um, I mean, it's amazing. But what we do is you give thanks to people on this app. So for instance, thank you, Kara, for um, helping me with that project. And you know what I can do then? is that I can give her points on this app. And then at the end of the month, however many points she has, she can buy something. She can buy a gift card. So I fund that and it makes everybody feel good. Okay. It does. So engagement and co-creation, helping people feel like I own this thing, that thing that's happening, I'm part of that. Yes. That creates commitment, right? The more that your employees are engaged and they feel a part, then they're going to be more leaning in then they're going to be more productive. Then your company's more profitable. What I'm hearing you say, too, is that there are so many ways to do this that we don't tend to think about. It's sort of the same old, same old dreary thing. But that when you really reimagine something and you think about how many ways can we have employees doing things on the walls or, you know, whatever it is that we're doing that is in keeping with our values. So it's not like we're pretending we're some other company. It's it's us. Yeah. There's much more we can do to make people feel like they actually want to be there. So we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, Scott and I will speak more with Melissa St. John, motivational speaker and CEO and owner of Relocation Strategies, about immediately useful ideas for beginning to reimagine a highly productive and happy workplace. Stay with us. 
You're listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, where we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase the momentum it takes to get game-changing results. We're on the web at businessadvance.com. Have you ever wondered, if so many CEOs think it's important to lead for business transformation and long-term growth in the rapidly changing world, why can it be so challenging to break the orbit of the status quo? Well, as an author and advisor to visionary CEOs who often face mystifying pushback to their big ideas, that was the question that sent me on a long search for answers. So what's the secret of the great leaders? The successful visionary leaders I call growth igniters? The ones who are able to ignite game-changing business growth over and over again? What's their secret? They're able to anticipate and embrace the hidden leadership dynamics that can naturally emerge in uncharted territory. How do they do this? Well, that's what I share in my keynote, Break Orbit, Achieving Long-Term Growth in a Short-Term World. Go to PamHopperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference or executive retreat. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Melissa St. John, motivational speaker and CEO and owner of Relocation Strategies, about creating a workplace environment that can help people want to return to the office. Melissa, tell us again how people can find out more about you, your speaking, and your company. Relocationstrategies.com is the website, and I am all over LinkedIn, Melissa St. John. That sounds great. And you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 277, and scrolling down to resources. So we are at the point in our episode where we talk about the three immediately useful and practical ideas for beginning to reimagine a highly productive and happy workplace. Now, ideas are great, but let's talk about very concrete things that people can actually do to start making this happen. And we'll do it one by one. So what's the first idea, Melissa? Flexibility. Flexibility. Offering flexible hours is what I would recommend, flexible days, and then obviously flexible places to work. So meaning if you want to be out in the open, if you want to be in a private, quiet space, reservable offices are the hot topic right now. So if you're out in a cube and you know that you want to be, you know, in a Teams call and be loud and not bother all of your neighbors and be able to reserve a room, there's an app. And it's called Robin. I have many clients that are using this so that you can turn offices into reservable and they can just do it from their phone. You mentioned talking, you know, asking. And I think it goes both ways. So if you're the CEO or you're in the C-suite, asking people if they're not just forthcoming about talking about what they need in this regard is asking both ways. If you're listening, you're not the CEO, ask for what you (laughs) need. Or tell. Yeah, Yeah. and it sounds like you have an app that could be very useful in that regard. And the thing you said earlier, Melissa, that relates to this is that work, 
has sometimes has structure. There are some things where we have to be together. It's much better. There's some things where we are much better if we're on our own, if we can work together to create those pods of work and coordinate with each other so that we aren't bumping into each other. That'll really help with that flexibility. I find that interesting that you called it pods of work because we we've called it modes of work, okay. which is interesting. So we we just did an office for a client and we actually made the top floor the social hub, which is all the activities and the coffee barista and fun places to sit. And then the second floor is the quiet cubicle area, which is all heads down work only. And then the first floor is a conference center. So it has small conference rooms, large, medium, phone booths. So the different modes of work, we separated by three different floors. So very exciting. What's a second practical idea for putting this into action? Going back to advocating to your employees when Pam said ask. I say survey, survey, survey. If you survey your people and give them a multiple choice, not just an open-ended whatever they want to say, what are your top four things that you want to see done? And you know, you have to kind of be willing to do it. So, you know, if I'm going to say, do we need all new chairs? Do we need all new, you know, kind of give them a choice. But I definitely think surveying at least a minimum of once a year as to how engaged they are, what they want to see changes in the office. And, you know, even, you know, I ask my employees, what what can I do better? And I do have that be an open-ended question because I want to know. Do you have any thoughts about how leaders can help get more accurate information? Because some people you may survey them, but they may not really tell you what's on their mind. They may not feel good about that, or they're they're afraid that it'll come back to bite them. Having a, a feeling of psychological safety. Have you ever run into that? Do you, do you have a feeling for how people can engage people to be more open so you get better information? Mine are always anonymous. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. and when I survey large companies, I only ask what department they're in. So I never ask for people's names. And even in my own office for my own survey, I had my assistant do it. I have no idea who said what on the survey. It's all anonymous. It's all safe. But for the purposes of of only saying the department, that gives you a clear indicator on who needs privacy, who needs collaboration. And I see a trend. I see like finance people and HR people kind of answering very similarly. You know, they don't want to have to reserve a room to fire someone. They don't have to reserve a room, you know, so give them a room, you know, because again, what happens is I'm seeing in companies all over is people are going into those rooms and they're just squatting all day. And then the people that need to fire somebody have nowhere to go and they're upset. Yeah. Another thing with surveys we've found is that if you're going to do it, you need to tell people what you found and what you're going to do about it. Otherwise, you're going to shut off information. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And have actionable steps. Absolutely. Yes, I think that's true. And the other thing I I heard you say related to this second point, you actually mentioned it in the previous segment, looking and observing people. Ah, yeah. When you watched people squatting on the floor, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they may not say that they have this issue and you just discover it. Yeah, but how could somebody not say something? So again, <laughs> you know what I mean? listen to your people and watch what they're doing. Exactly. It's very exactly. telling. So the third immediately useful idea, Melissa. 
amenities, amenities, amenities. So a lot of the buildings, the big office buildings are not full. And so the way that they are making themselves more valuable is to have more amenities because that brings people from home. So for instance, if something has ping pong in the lobby, if something has a pickleball outside. So again, I can't, as a CEO, I can have a social hub within my space but if I'm going to look for a building to move my office to, the number one thing that employees look for is they're looking for amenities. I mean, yeah, the drive, you know, but you do a zip code study and figure out kind of where everybody's from, but they want amenities. They want to be able to walk to go get something to eat. They want to be able to go and do something on their lunch hour, but amenities, because if they can't get those things at home, you know, or an ice cream social in the social hub, things that are fun. People want to have fun. So are there relatively lower cost amenities? Any company could begin to do this. Well, I'll tell you what I did. I turned a stuffy conference room. It was a six-person conference room. And I took all the conference room furniture off and I turned it into a living room. I call it our living room. I'm going to meet you in the living room. And so what I'm saying is it's a big L-shaped, cushy sofa. It has an ottoman. It has a plant. It has a... You know, it's just, it's a much nicer setting to like sit and have a one-on-one or a review. That's where I want to meet people. It's more comfortable. And then second is food, food, food. And do you know why? Because that's easy. You provide a social area, provide Taco Tuesday, or you, you know, when you provide food for people in a social hub and a place for them to sit around and gather, they make connections. And when you're connected with your other employees, you're engaged. Very true. So here we are. We're at the end of the episode already. Leave us with some final thoughts about creating an environment that can help people want to return to the office. Think of the word resumercial and go back and look at your office and tell me if you feel that it feels like partial home, partial work, or is it all straight work? And you wonder if people are going to be shocked when they come back. Make it more warm and fuzzy. So they want to be there. Control the noise, give them quiet areas, give them flexibility. Okay. Okay. Well, Melissa, thank you so much for being our guest on Growth Igniters Radio. It's been fun. Thank you. Very fun. Thanks, Melissa. And thanks to all of you out there who are listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes and resource links for this week's episode, go to growthignatorsradio.com, select episode 277. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to think about and discuss with your team. What are some steps we can immediately take in order to start reimagining our workplace so that employees actually want to be in the office? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.